0: Coaches, before we get started today, we have an amazing offer for you. PGC Basketball Shooting Colleges are live this fall. You can go to shootingcollege.com to register for $0. Absolutely free. We've waived the $95 fee at shootingcollege.com. Many sessions are already full, but there is still some availability. So if you'd like to become a better coach, hone your skills, go to shootingcollege.com, sign up, and we'll see you at one of our sessions this fall. If you have a player that wants to come, they can also go to shootingcollege.com and type in HH50 for $50 off, and you can have your players attend for a $50 discount. Hope to see you there. If you put
1: your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent and the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough
0: to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball.
1: Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle Broadcasting here in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, TJ, we're going to be talking about three tips for better defense. But before we do, let's catch up with our friends over at Shot Tracker.
0: Yeah, Adam, I was just uh, reading through, and we had the opportunity to experience this firsthand. But performance data, acceleration and deceleration, something measured by Shot Tracker, max speed distance covered, duration, mechanical intensity and load, psychological intensity and load, these things are just blowing me away. We're just able to gather, gain more information than ever before um, because of cutting-edge technology from Shot Tracker, and I'm excited to uh, get even a deeper dive into it, seeing how I can help my team.
1: Awesome. Good stuff. Appreciate Shot Tracker and all their support of the Harwood Hustle today. TJ, you're going to be spearheading today's episode as we share three tips – for better defense if you missed our previous episode about three tips for better offense i absolutely encourage you to go check that out tj dropped some straight nuggets and i mean grab the notepad for that episode because there will be plenty for you to take home but today tj three tips for better defense
0: yeah well let's just start out with this is the the first one this is the thing i think is missed the most on defense and um, and for, for good reasons, actually, that it's missed. So I, I think that uh, you know, effort is so crucial to defense. Like, You just got to have a spirit about you, an energy about you. You got to want it. You got to be hungry. Like, there's no really replacing that as a great defender. Like, That's kind of a non-negotiable. If you're going to have a great team defensively, you got to have that. But I do think the one thing that is undertaught – is the thought process of playing defense. I think coaches could spend more time teaching specific things that will enhance a defender. And, um, you know, I'll give you one example to start out. But just like angles, I talk about angles all the time. Uh, I've, I've seen really um, okay to average defenders become good defenders because they were smart. I've said the quote many a times from Pete Correll, the old Princeton coach, his quote was, you know, the strong uh, strong take from the weak and the smart take from the strong. And I think it applies to defense. Um, I would love to have an aggressive, strong athlete on the defensive end, no doubt. But I can also tell you that if you can get an athlete that has that along with being able to think the game, you got a great defender. But if I had to choose one or the other, a really smart defender can fix a lot of mistakes for you defensively. And so um, angles is just one example, but there's multiple ways to be able to be a really good defender. And I think as a coach, it's our job to help teach that to help players like to get inside their head. The reason it usually is not or typically is not because it's a long process to teach somebody to think the game, right? At PGC, I think we've kind of cornered the market. I think we're the leading, uh, you know, definitely the leading camp in the country about helping players to think the game. And this is one specific area that I think a lot of people don't actually think um, that they can improve it 's just either they got it or they don 't or it 's effort or they don 't have that effort, but I really think you can improve by improving the mental on the defensive end
1: so your first tip is to hone in on the mental side of the defensive ball
0: yeah, yeah, and I, I think um, even strategy of defense, you know why you go here when you do this, I think play I, I really think you have to deep dive deep do a deep dive on the why. To each thing you do defensively Because I think people put it in a, in a box Like it's just effort and attitude mm-hmm. right? And it, it is, it matters, that stuff does matter But there's more to it If you had a player that had an effort and attitude You could take them even deeper You know And uh, sometimes we mistake a slower player For not having that same effort But sometimes they're mm-hmm. just slower and they need something they need the coach to be able to do them. they're not going to be able to figure that out by themselves a lot of times, so they need a coach to be able to do that
1: and it's interesting. I actually think when you learn the defensive side of the ball that it actually doesn't require as much speed and effort mm-hmm. right like I think about like a Bruce Bowen right, who was a complete lockdown defender, one of the best defenders of our generation at times it, it, it he wasn't always the the Toughest and and hustling the most. He was really smart though. Yeah, he knew positioning. He knew angles, like you said. Like I I think it allows you to that quote of being able to work smart on the defensive side, where it it doesn't just require hustle, energy, and effort.
0: Yeah, Uh, Shane Battier, who's another guy.
1: I think about Trevor Ariza, right? Like Trevor Ariza has made a mainstay in the NBA as being a top tier lockdown defender. Trevor Reese is actually interesting because he's he's got this personality and I've watched him up close in DC for many years who he actually is almost kind of kind of chill on the defensive side yeah right like he doesn't have this like crazy in your you know in, um, uh, energy that's contagious he, he's kind of more laid back and chill but he's locks it down right because he knows the angles he knows how to get through defenders he knows how to he, he, he anticipates so well and because of that now, granted, he also has tremendous length, right, and there's certainly some athleticism there. But it's interesting. I think he's so smart on the defensive side that he's able to do it and, and not have to necessarily work as hard but still be just as effective because yeah. of the mental side I mean, of it.
0: Absolutely. I, I, totally, I totally agree with you. Number two. Yeah, so number two is, um, you know, another. these I and mean, I could give the typical – things that you know they hear a lot i'm trying to give some outside the box things you know rather than just the hey go do this on closeouts go do that i think that the next thing that you really need to do in practice and in games but specifically in practice on a daily consistent basis is celebrate the players you have that are fixing things for you defensively and there's a couple reasons why but the main reason is this is a lot of times, players get celebrated for in you know, individual on ball on the like on the offensive end. Did I score the ball? Did I make the pass? On defense, did I get the steal? Did I? Do it? But really, I get a lot of block. Yeah, and it promotes bad habits. And so, I think what you celebrate the most gets done the most. And for defensive uh, purposes, I can't think of anything more crucial to a good defense than people that have the ability to fix mistakes. So if a guy gets beat off the dribble, there's a guy on your team that's always help side. There's a gal that's always going over and taking the charges. Um, if somebody's getting beat off the dribble and somebody's jabbing and making them pick up the ball and travel twice a game, you know, there's these people that help off the ball that are crucial to any really good defense. And I don't think they get celebrated enough, and that's why I don't think many players go after it. They don't think it matters because it's like it didn't happen to me. It's not my fault. And the more you celebrate – people that make the off-ball plays, the more other players are going to want to do it, and if you have a collective group that is about helping each other on the defensive end, you can accomplish some really special things, mm-hmm. even if you're not individually talented, but uh, it's got to be a point of emphasis, it's got to be something that every single day players know, like, if I get to the help side, it's going to be celebrated, even if it's not a charge, I just make them take a mm-hmm. quick shot, um, you know, little things like that uh, are going to be, are going to go a long way in getting buy-in for your te- your team defense,
1: I suspect there's a lot of coaches feeling a little convicted right now that they don't do a great job with this TJ. Yeah, right. right. You know that it's kind of overlooked. It's just kind of taken for granted. It's not very intentional. They're not putting a lot of emphasis on it. They mentally aren't spending a lot of time thinking about it and they certainly aren't praising it we're making a point emphasis to communicate to your players but I mean I, I can tell you right now we say it all the time to that which gets praised gets repeated if I'm a, if I'm doing small things on defense and it's getting praised and and people are taking notice you're going to see me continue doing more and do it harder yeah. right and then I like you said the hope is that that's going to spread not just to me but then to my teammate, and to the other teammate, and before you know it you've built an entire culture mentality that we do all the little things yeah right because little things get noticed yeah they're not taken for granted and and I I think that's important, right? Because, I, you know, I always think this. You know, I, I think a lot of times we we don't do a lot of the little things because people do take them for granted. Mm-hmm. No one pays attention to them, so why should I even worry about them? Yeah. And if you want to be a coach that has a team that focuses on the little things, well, make notice of the little things, praise those, and communicate their importance. That they're not
0: just little things, but in fact, they are big things that are helping our team. Yeah. You know, the other thought that I have right here is every year when I look back, to me the player that we have that fixes bad situations the most is the absolute hardest player on the court for me to take off. It's the player that I just can't do without. Uh, Because if you have a player, I mean, think about how many games are won or lost by four, six, eight points, right? If you have a defensive help player that over the course of the game fixes four bad situations for you, that could be the entire game. But imagine if it's something you praise all the time and you have five players that fix two bad situations. That's ten situations fixed that could have been a layup or a wide-open shot that becomes a contested shot or a turnover or something else. That's the difference in the game. And and, and so th- those players, are they're, they're huge. If you have a team of them, awesome. But if you have just one or two guys that fix things for you, I find it really hard to take them off the court.
1: Give me a percentage, and I believe it's going to be pretty high, How many possessions need fixing? A bunch, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, because you're playing maybe against a more athletic guard who gets past you, right? Or you know, they set up something. If you had to do you know, put a number to it, TJ. How many possessions on the defensive side do you think require some type of fixing?
0: Right. Fifty percent. Well, here's the thing. It's it's actually a good question. I think will serve our coaches because um, how many possessions need fixing? can often depend on the type of defense you play, right? I mean, so let's just say you're a Pac-Line team. The reason they don't play that because they don't rely on help a ton is because they don't plan on you getting – beating them. They give you so much space and so many angles, you know, um, to be able to do that. But you're going to need other places where that's going to need to be fixed as far as – you know, rebounding, and then when you do get split, it takes an even extra effort. If you get beat baseline, it's a, it's even a harder rotation on the backside. So on the, on the uh, specifically the pack line, I, I recognize that fixtures usually don't happen at the initial point of contact. They happen on the rotation, the second and third pass. And so there's less against those teams, um, and there's more against teams um, that play more aggressive. You're going to need even more people to fix situations. Um, so it varies. It varies from probably 30 to 70%. So 50 is a good kind of minimum, you know. 70%. But that's not even the most important thing. The most important thing is how many times are you going to have to do it against the best teams you play? Because those are the teams you have to beat. And those teams are hard to beat because they have players that can break you down and you're going to have to fix things. And so, you know, if we were to say, well, against this team we only did fix it 20%, it doesn't matter that much. Well, you were going to win that game anyway. Mm-hmm. So what really matters is you're going to be in a lot of disadvantaged situations against the best teams you play, and that's when you're going to need your fixers more than ever. So you better get in the habit of developing fixers and yeah.
1: emphasizing them. This, before we jump into the, the third tip for this episode, let's take a quick halftime break with our friends over at Team. Snap. Thanks, to our friends of our team Snap, for today's halftime communication tip. This week, coaches, as you go through your practices, as you go through your upcoming games, I'd like for you to communicate with the goal to connect. Communicate to connect. Have a purpose behind your communication. Find ways to dig deeper, to build stronger connections through your communication this week. Go in with a goal, go in with a purpose, communicate to connect. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping bring everyone from coaches, parents, and players all together and get on the same page all season long. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. TJ, tip number one was thinking and, and teaching the defensive side of the game, not just relying on effort and energy. The second point we talked about was Emphasizing and praising those who are fixing it, you know, really highlighting and spotlighting those small details that change the game for us. Tip number three: Where are you going with this, TJ? Yeah,
0: tip number three is a little bit uh, off the wall, a little bit, but I think each coach should have a bag of hacks. Um, a bag of hacks. A bag of hacks. You know, <laughs> like little things that you can do to change momentum. Little tips you can give to a defensive player that's ready to go to the next level. Uh, little little hacks that you could give to a player that's facing a great player. Um, I think it's really important to have little little things that your team can do that can can change the momentum, that could change uh, the way you guard a player, that could affect the uh, the way the game is played. Maybe referees call a game a certain way, and players need to know how to adjust to that. So I think having a little bag of hacks is really important. Are you allowed to share coach. one? Yeah. I, so I'll, I'll I share want- I'll share a couple. I mean, one of the ones we teach at PGC is. Um, You know, always slap up. Everybody slaps down at the ball. They get called for a foul. And then they jump up and down, put their hands on top of their head. Are you kidding me? I got all ball. Like, referees don't call fouls. They call what looks like a foul. And when you slap down at the ball, it looks like a foul. They don't know if you got arms, ball, whatever, you know. But when you slap up at the ball, they very seldom call a foul. And so, you know, that's one of those things. I would teach players how to constantly slap up at the ball. It keeps players uncomfortable, and you're not going to get called for fouls doing it. So that's when we teach at PGC that I think is a really good little hack uh, to have. I think um, even even more simple things like um, just being able to let everybody know if it's a great player. We're just sitting on everything going left. And so you've worked in practice. Like, this is a great player. We're not letting them go right for 32 minutes tonight. And so everybody in the defensive end knows every time I'm anticipating help this player, I should anticipate helping this way. And the person on the ball has one job. Do not let them play to their dominant hand the entire night, whether it's right or, or left hand. Um, I think there's, um, there's uh, defensive. Uh, I, first
1: off, I love that, right? Because you're all about trying to make life difficult for that guy, right? Yeah. For that guy or girl. and. Trying to work the percentages in your favor, so he still may get his shots, but maybe because of that, he's he's fifteen percent less effective, right? right? And I, I think this is where analytics play into it, I, yeah. but I love that concept. Before. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that's what great defenders do. Like Shane Battier didn't stop great players from scoring baskets. He just lowered their field goal percentage. He just mm-hmm. made it harder. They just turned it over a few more times. You know, it's those little things that make the difference in the game. And I don't I, you know, I read an article recently about how much LeBron James loved playing with Shane Battier cuz Shane Battier gave him hacks. Shane Battier would watch film on these other guys and he'd say, "Listen, here's a trick tonight here's a special opportunity tonight here's and he said it's just like it saved me hours of film because Shane knew he broke down players and as coaches we can break down players we can Mm. find things that they don't do well we can we can dive into that now what I don't think we need to do is you know put this little bag of hacks in there put 10 hacks in there here's 10 things we do defensively that kind of mess people up or change or alter what we're doing and but make sure you touch on all those hacks they don't have to be daily practice habits, but they need to have seen them play out in practice uh whatever the the little the little hack that you might have uh or might be they need to see it play out i mean i you know for instance, other little hacks is just like let's just say that you're really um you're really struggling to rebound the ball and um the other team sends back their one guard and their two guard every time, and your one two guard are um, slow to get to the ball, just tell them it's double box-out time. So they every time a shot goes up, they have to box out the four or the five. They probably won't get there to box them out, but what they'll find they'll do is they pursue the ball better because mm-hmm. now they have a job to go to where the ball will be rather than sit and watch the ball. So just little things, you know, you might say, go rebound, go rebound, and they hear you, but they don't hear you, you know. But you pull them aside and say, Adam, listen, we're going to double box-out. Every time a shot goes up, you're finding the closest big man and you're hitting them too. And now, without even knowing what you've actually told them to do, they're pursuing the ball better mm-hmm. rather than standing out there um, and worrying about, you know, well, my one man might – well, listen, they get back every possession, so why are you sitting at the three-point line watching for an <laughs> 18-foot rebound, you know? So just there's, – there's a multitude of things. Um, you know, I, I think there's some players that can go in the game, you can afford to foul more, and but I think you need to teach them how to foul well. I think you need to teach a player how to go in there and, and, and foul 10 to 12 times a possession – and not get called for any or maybe one occasionally. Um, but you got to teach them to be a good fowler, a, a fouler, a player, a rough physical player, not dirty player, a rough physical player that doesn't get called for those fouls. So I think you could just come up with a multitude of those different hacks. It could be uh, a call that's like, uh, um, hey, listen, we're going, we're going black. And in black means maybe you're a pack line team, but you don't have your engines revving. And for one possession, you were just going full out deny. And it just, maybe you give up a bucket, but all it's doing is getting your body going because the players aren't moving fast enough. But every year we try and come up with a few hacks, and I think you can come up with as many as you'd like. Um, Don't overcomplicate it, don't make it so much they're thinking a ton. Uh, Some hacks are meant for the team, some hacks are meant for individuals, but I think that they're good tools to have in your repertoire. TJ, I would actually love to do a full episode on
1: hacks. All right, down the road. If you're listening to this and you have a hack on the defensive side of the ball, share it on Twitter. Go to at hardwood underscore hustle. We'd love to hear that. And if we could collect a bunch of these, I would love to kind of throw out a bunch of different hacks, right, that teams are using all over the country. Listen, TJ, as always, you crushed it. Three tips for better defense coaches. I'm sure you had your notepads out on this one, collecting a whole variety of different information. If you have additional thoughts, send us a tweet at hardwood underscore hustle. But listen, I'm Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the hustle. Till next time, wrap.